Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and it is a blessing to be here with all of you on this episode number 146 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we've been talking about forgiveness quite a bit, and uh, we're going to bring that back around because it's something that the Lord really wants us to make sure that we've got a good handle on. So why don't you go ahead and take this time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack and settle on in. Blend encourages you is coming to you with seven reasons that we don't forgive and seven reasons why we should. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendcouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So if you've been listening for any length of time, especially in the beginning of the year to the podcast, you may notice that the Lord has been bringing up forgiveness quite a bit. So we're going to head back to that subject and let's just talk about forgiveness and what the meaning is. So forgiveness basically means that it's a dismissal of a debt, letting go of something or a release. Now, When we think about that, in theory, it it makes sense. Our version of forgiveness, though, usually deals with giving out justice, meaning that we give people what we feel they deserve. So when we are offended, our behavior toward that person usually has some sort of punishment to it. We're not speaking to them we're not dealing with them. We are not going to accept the apology, all those kinds of things, because we feel like we need justice. We want to, to have our, our wrongs righted, if you will. So that's really not forgiveness. It really isn't. What should happen is that our forgiveness should be steeped in grace. And grace means giving people the good that they do not deserve. So while I may be offended by someone, I want to give them the good that they don't deserve. And also our forgiveness should be steeped in mercy. And mercy means that we do not give people the bad treatment or punishment that they deserve. So let me just go back. Grace means we give people the good that they do not deserve. And mercy means 
that we do not give the people the bad treatment or punishment that they deserve. So it's been said that lack of forgiveness is one of the number one sins committed among Christians, which is pretty sad and scary considering um, the book of Matthew chapter 18 verses 34 and 35. And that particular passage of scripture reminds us that if we do not forgive our brother of their trespasses from our heart, we will be delivered over to the tormentors. Now, you'll have to read BCU Family Matthew chapter 18 verses 23 through 35 for the entire scripture in context. It's all about the unforgiving servant. So definitely check that out uh, when you have some time. So what I'd like to go into is some common reasons that people choose to hold on to offenses. And with that, I have some scripture answers as to why you should let go of the offense. All right, number one, I'll forgive when he or she apologizes. This is very common. And what you want to do here is take a look in the scriptures, the book of Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 through 24. And it reads, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has an ought or a problem or an argument or a disagreement or an offense against you, leave your gift before the altar, go your way and first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer thy gift. So what we're saying here is BCU family is sometimes we need to initiate the conversation to help accelerate the forgiveness process. Um, we sometimes have to be the person to break the ice and breaking the ice doesn't necessarily mean that you are wrong and the other person is right or vice versa. Let's go and get this thing situated. That's what the scriptures are telling us to do. All right. Also, we need to learn how to accept the apology that we may never receive. Even if that, that person that offended you is wrong, they may never apologize to you. Don't let that stop you from forgiving them. Remember Matthew chapter 18, verse 35. All right, let's go to reason number two. I'll forgive so-and-so when they prove that they've changed. Mm. We're going to go to the book of Matthew once again, chapter 18, verses 23 through 27. So therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now this is the parable that I said that you all should read in your spirit time. And I'm going to be doing this in some chunks. So definitely read this all the way through in its entirety. I'm just picking out our scriptures as we go along. But for as much as he had not to pay his Lord or the king commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had for payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. 
Then the Lord or the king of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him of the debt. Now notice, BCU family, that in order to be forgiven, the king did not require any proof of change. He simply forgave the servant, and that's grace and mercy in action. Now, what I will say to you, BCU family, as a side note, is that forgiving someone, especially when trust has been broken, doesn't mean that you trust that particular person immediately. Now, building trust takes time. You don't have to wait for the trust to be built, though, in order to forgive. Forgive that person from the heart and allow them, with God's grace, to regain your trust. Okay. Reason number three. I'll forgive her, but I will not forget what she did. Let's talk about that, BCU family. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, are of a good report, and if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think, meditate, ruminate on these things. Now, typically, whenever the offender has done something, someone that's offended us, it's hurt us. It's made us angry. It's disappointed us. Any of those things. And if we keep replaying the situation over and over in our minds, we are in direct violation of what God says we should actually be thinking on or meditating on. Forgiving the person will release you of the hurt, the disappointment, the anger, or whatever it is that you're feeling, and allow you to think on the positive things that Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Let's go to reason number four. Oh, he does not have to worry about me. He is out of my life forever. Now, we've got a few scriptures here, actually two. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, once again, verses 32 to 35. And 1 John chapter 3, verse number 15. So first, Matthew 18, verses 32 to 35. So that same parable that you all are going to read in its entirety. So take a look at these verses, this chunk of verses. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee of all thy debt because you asked me to do so. So bottom line is, is that remember in the beginning of the parable that the king had forgiven the servant of all the debt that was owed to him. And what we didn't read, BCU family, because you're going to read that, is that the servant went out to find someone that owed him money and would not have mercy on his friend. So the king found out about it and called the servant back. And this is where verse number 32 comes in. So let me read it again. Then his Lord, 
after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee of all that debt because you desired me to do so. You asked me to do so. Should you not have had compassion on your friend, even as I had pity on you? And the king was angry and delivered that servant to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35 says, So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, deliver you to the tormentors. And we know where that is, BCU family. If you from your hearts do not forgive everyone, his brother, their trespasses. So if we don't forgive from the heart, if we don't forgive so that when we see the person or think about the situation that it doesn't affect us, then we will not be forgiven. And if we're not forgiven, we're going to miss heaven. And let me punctuate that by bringing you all to 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, our, our other verse here. And that says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So if we're saying that we hate someone and they're out of our lives forever and all that sort of thing, we are jeopardizing our place in the kingdom. So bottom line, if we don't forgive, we don't make it into heaven. And is that person, place, situation, or thing worth our eternal life, BCU family? An eternal life of torment, my God, and regret and weeping and gnashing of teeth and being forever separated from God in a lake of fire, is it really worth that? Is the offense that the person committed really worth that? I should say not. Go on and forgive that individual. Forgive that individual and ensure your place in heaven. So reason number five, BCU family, he or she needs to come to me first. This situation was not my fault. Okay, so we've got three scriptures here. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. And Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 25. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says that all that's in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of of life and that is not of the father but it is of the world hold on to that because proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit comes before a fall and then finally matthew chapter 5 verses 23 through 25 and this sounds familiar because we read this earlier is that if you have a gift to bring and you remember that your brother has something against you, then you want to leave your gift, go your way, be reconciled to your brother first, and then come back and offer your gift. So the bottom line with reason number five, the person needs to come to you first, I'm not going to budge, is that that statement is steeped in pride, which goes before destruction. And we don't have to be destroyed, BCU family. Once again, we may need to initiate the conversation in order to facilitate the forgiveness. So it doesn't mean that that person may not have done the wrong thing. We need to go to them and get this cleared up. 
All right, reason number six. I forgave him, but we are not speaking. We are going to refer to the same scriptures that we read in reason number five. First John chapter two, verse 16, Proverbs 16 and 18, and Matthew 5, chapter 23 through 25. Once again, that is pride, BCU family. It's pride. So it comes before destruction, the haughty spirit before the fall. Um, we cannot walk around or we should not. We can do what we want to. We are not free from the consequences of what we decide to do. Uh, us as people of God, if we've got Jesus down on the inside, according to Acts 2.38, we've repented, we've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. If we are allowing the Holy Ghost to work, we are not going to walk around and not be speaking to people. So that is pride. It's of the world. It's not of God. So we need to be sure that we are on speaking terms with everyone. Speaking terms doesn't mean that you have to be the best of friends. It means that the love that Christ has given you uh, flows freely. Doesn't mean that you have to be to other's houses all the time or go out to dinner all the time. It's being able to have a conversation, to love that person, to do for that person if needed, and that God is pleased in how you treat that individual. Amen. All right. And reason number seven, last reason, I'll forgive him or her, or if I forgive him or her, rather, I'm a punk. I'm admitting wrong. I'm letting this person off the hook. Very simply, BCU family, I give you Matthew chapter five, verse seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And once again, mercy is not giving someone the bad treatment or punishment that they deserve. So BCU family, how many of these reasons have you used to justify not forgiving people? What are your thoughts about forgiving, period? Is it difficult for you? Does it depend on who it is? Are you the person that quote-unquote, breaks the ice when something goes down between you and someone that you love or maybe a co-worker? You know, who does the breaking of the ice? How do you deal with that? Please head down to the comment section or right on the blankcouragesyou.com site to tell me what your thoughts are and we'll continue our conversation. So BCU family, it is about time for me to wrap up the podcast. Once again, my name is Blen from BlenCouragesYou.com. Thank you all so much for listening. And Lord will, until the next time we are together, may our awesome God continue to bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace as you stay on the walk.